And we're back with another episode of Franchise My Business, the podcast for franchisors hosted by franchisors. I'm your host, Kevin Oldham, and we are going to talk about businesses that you can operate from anywhere. More specifically, since this show is about franchises, we're going to talk about a franchise system that you can operate from anywhere. And when you start thinking about being deliberate and operating from anywhere, I can't think of a better guy to have on the show than today's guest. So Neil, Neil Parekh, he has uh, been very smart in deliberately structuring his life around the digital nomad type of lifestyle and then furthermore helping entrepreneurs do the same. So without spoiling too much of the story, I just want to say, hey, Neil, welcome to the show, man. Stoked to be here. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I kind of alluded to it earlier, but let's... Let's just talk real quick. What is the name of your franchise? Yeah, it's called Made This. So it is a Airbnb and residential cleaning franchise. It's a fully remote model as well. So the cleaners go straight from their home to the job site. So yeah, that's the basis of it. That's the basis of it. And you are a self-confessed digital nomad who has settled down a little bit in on the on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. But I saw that you were a formal, former venture capitalist. So let's talk about that. Let's go yeah, way so back. Worked, let's talk about yeah, when you all, used to work for the man and now how you're working for, you're helping other people, right? Get away from there we go. working uh, for the man. Over a decade ago, which is funny that it's been that long. But yeah, I started out my career in private equity. So we're going to finance tech private equity, like straight up office space, right? In a cubicle, <laughs> spreadsheets. I had like my red stapler on the side, just like just doing the grind. And honestly, it wasn't bad. Like I, I enjoyed it. I felt like I learned a lot. It wasn't like one of those jobs where my, Coworkers sucked. Like everyone was like pretty yeah. cool, but yeah. I just wanted to do something else. And Kevin, you and I have seen it. We go online and type and like, how do I escape the rat race? And there's like a photo of a dude on a laptop in front of a beach. And you're like, <laughs> I want to, I want to be that guy. That's what I want to do. What, I, what do I have to do to get over there? Yeah. Uh, and that was the grind, man. That was like me of doing experimenting, trying things, which completely flopped for a year or so until I finally, you know, was on Reddit when I was supposed to be working, <laughs> and it came across a post of a guy who started a cleaning company. I thought. You know, I'm trying all this other stuff. Let me just give this a shot. And it started working. And in hindsight, I didn't know the reason why it was working compared to my other stuff. But yeah. that's the origin story. Yeah. And that's hilarious because, you know, but was we were talking in the green room before this. I'm like, dude, were you in this subreddit? Yep. Yep. This subreddit mm-hmm. kind of took off. I mean, I was in there as well. It was probably around 2014 or 15, I think. Yeah. But a gentleman documented creating his business and it happened to be a cleaning business. And I think there are a whole bunch of, let's just say, individuals who started cleaning businesses as a result of that but i don't know if there's mm-hmm. another person who started a franchise because of it and so mm-hmm. i want to dig as far in. as i know yeah. not yeah. yeah as far as i've seen no you're, a lot of the, old, the cleaning franchises are like they're old school yeah they totally are like uh Mar- we won't mention their names but yes yes you know, a lot of the m's a lot yeah. of m's there's a lot of m's in there lots of consonants that start with them and end with them um <laughs> And maybe have multiple M's in them. But the point being, it is kind of this antiquated type of business, you know, mm-hmm. uh, It's at least from my perspective. And so you saw something new, and I know technology has <laughs> got to be a big part of this, right? If you've got fully oh, yeah. remote. So let's talk about tech. That's probably one of the things that your franchisees don't have to figure out because you figured it out and that's what they're buying the franchise for. How does this how does this business work? I'm assuming it's all tech based, but tech people like how how do your franchisees when they sign up, like what are they doing on a day to day basis? Yeah, good question. So it, it kind of goes back to the premise and one 
thing I got from private equity because we were doing tech investing is find old school industries you could disrupt with technology. Mm-hmm. And it makes so much sense, so much sense. And when I started this, I didn't even have this in mind. But the reason why the maid service worked versus e-commerce, digital marketing, or whatever else I was trying is because you're competing against your local market and those competitors don't know what you're doing. Like Kevin, I bet if you picked up your phone and tried to call it the top 10 competitors on Google for cleaning companies, maybe like two of them are going to pick up. Right. It, it, it's, it's such a low bar. You just got to pick up the phone and you have a competitive advantage. Now, if, if I think about that and I want to revolutionize this industry, all I got to do, number one, it's a pretty low bar. I got to pick up the phone. But on top of that, my goal is to make this the most tech forward cleaning company ever. Right. And a lot of that is things I figured out because I just had to, because I was running this remotely. So I, I did this for a couple of years as a side hustle. And I think we got to around 30000 per month in revenue when I decided to finally quit and travel. Now, until then, I kind of used tech, just like a booking platform and CRM and stuff. But I didn't need to go heavy on tech because I was kind of there. I was like the, the bottleneck of the business. I could handle calls, meet people in person. But when I booked my one-way flight to South America and just started traveling, then I needed to get heavy in the tech, heavy in automation. So just out of pure necessity, we got really good at Zapier. We got really good at CRM automations. We got really good at follow-ups. I got my teams across eight different countries. So all the calls get routed to my team in South Africa. The cleaners speak with my team in Honduras. There's just a lot of remote stuff happening out of necessity. And that's kind of the beautiful part about the day and age we live in is there's so much tech available to let your business run kind of on autopilot if you want, or at least utilize global talent. And the local service industry has not figured that out at all. They're typically years behind the times. So a lot of those kind of technologies and systems that I have created, now we just install on our franchisees from the beginning. Like right when they join, we say, great, we're going to spin up this awesome website. It's kind of all these automations, the pop-up go to an automated funnel, and we can automatically send browsers and postcards if we want. There's just a lot of things that we've done to be remote. And because of that, currently we're attracting a lot of people who kind of have the same origin story as me. You know, they're working a nine to five. They don't like it. They want out. They're a little bit scared to buy into a $200,000 franchise and quit their job. So this is a nice way for them to be able to have a business as a side hustle. That's what we offer is keep your day job while you do this and eventually quit the job and do this full time. Man, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I have to imagine when I... You know, I think I think all entrepreneurs were entrepreneurs at one point in time, and I was a mm-hmm. entrepreneur for for many years, looking at things and looking at looking at ways that I could leave that job, right? But none of them were really like one one scenarios that would allow me would give me an opportunity to run it while I was doing my job. Yeah. That's pretty cool that you have created a franchise that specifically is targeting, it's an avatar that I call, I call them the freedom fighters. People that want to take control Ooh, of their like lives. That. Yeah, like yeah. We, we own a digital marketing company and I love it. They're, they're always the, the, the people that, that pay us the least, <laughs> but they're my favorite customer. Cause they're like, yeah. hey, I just quit my job and I'm gonna go be an independent insurance agent or whatever it is. And I'm like, dude, awesome, high five. Way to take control of your life, right? Let's that's mm-hmm. that's that's amazing. We're going to give you everything you need to get your business rocking and rolling. And for me, that's the most fun thing, because I'm like, you're leaving your, you know, ball and chain of a job that you probably is not making you happy. Right. Yeah. It's like very transformational. Mm-hmm. But but that's not always the best idea for most people. You know, if I look back at myself, I was 40 when I started this company. I had young kiddos and we couldn't just completely cut bait. Right. So you're giving people mm. you're giving entrepreneurs the opportunity 
to start a business on the side that won't interfere with their jobs and then be able to create something that hopefully would allow them that freedom to go and leave that job. And I think that's super, super cool. Not a lot of people are doing that in today's world, man. Just not. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. And it, it, I'll be honest, it's one of the things I've grappled with. And I think as any person listening to this might want to get into franchising, people always tell you, hey, pick your ideal avatar. Who's the ideal person to buy your franchise system? And that's something I've, I've trying, I'm still trying to figure out, right? It's mm-hmm. always an ongoing process. Yeah. And a lot of franchise systems don't allow for people to do it as a side hustle, some absentee in the franchise world, because it's true that less time involved, meaning like the revenue might not grow as fast, right? Someone's working on this full time, yeah. they will grow faster than someone working on this part time. It is what it is. However, I've kind of just found that I like working with people and letting them become freedom fighters, right? Letting them yeah. escape the rat race. And it's almost like you're teaching them fire. First time in entrepreneurship and they make their first dollar and they feel that freedom from it. Yeah. That pumps me up, right? Hell like yeah. maybe they won't grow as fast as someone doing it full time, but. How cool is that? So yeah. I, I've just found that that's what I enjoy working with. So why not build a franchise system around who I like catering to as opposed to who's going to grow the fastest, even though it could be both. But, you know, general wisdom would say more time invested, meaning faster revenue. Well, you're also an attractive character from a marketing perspective. You know, we always talk about that. It's okay. Hmm. You know, if you've ever, if anybody's ever gone through Donald Miller's story brand type of storytelling methodology and how humans resonate with other humans trials and tribulations in their stories yeah. like we love freaking stories humans love stories and so when you've got the founder who you know was living this life that was inauthentic right and then started to had failed ventures you know was trying to figure it out was the entrepreneur trying to oh man just can't make it and then all of a sudden found something that gives you the credibility and makes it so much easier for your prospective franchisees to say Oh yeah, like we're gonna believe in this guy and his system and his team, right? And so I think that really helps you from you know relating to your franchisees where they are today and where they can be, and you yeah. just get to you and your team get to be part of that process, which is pretty cool, man. It's real cool. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been, oh, yeah. it's been a grind getting it set up. But we started franchising in 2020. Okay. So now we're at about 15 franchisees and probably end the year between 20 to 25. I would say. How are you? It's definitely uh, a process. You're pretty active on Twitter. Are you tracking them organically through your socials and stuff? Or where where, where are you finding these freedom fighters? All social. Yeah. I've never worked with brokers, never worked with clothing engines. This was something where if I was going to tell someone who's a new franchisor, I'd probably tell them just like generally the ways of attracting franchise leads historically, traditionally is get through brokers, pay them 20 yeah. to 30 grand per lead. And you kind of have to suck up to them. That's just the way it works. Yep. You have to go to quoting engines, franchise gator, all that kind of stuff, yep. or you work with like a sales organization, which is going to go guys. to those aggregating. Yeah. So you're paying up for it. What I kind of figured out is I don't like that game. And I was never a social media guy to begin with at all. I just did it because I had to figure out how to get in front of franchise prospects. So I started posting a lot more on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Every single one of my franchisees come from mostly Twitter or some sort of PR type of thing that I've tried to figure out. Yeah. Every single one. That's- yeah. And the side benefit of that is you're also building your personal brand. So it doesn't yeah. just relate to just your franchise business. I could probably parlay that into different things I'm going to do in the future as well. So I'm sure you for will. me, I'm like, dude, this is the path. <laughs> this is the way to do it. Not, yeah. not like paying brokers constantly. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. That, you know, I keep telling people, cause I don't, I don't think that if you're not on Twitter, if you're not, if you're not following like Cody Sanchez, Alex Hormozzi, all these people, which the majority of people are not. The majority mm. of people are not. It's people that are entrepreneurs 
you know, folks that are into marketing, buying businesses, like that's not, that's not the masses. We may think it's the masses in our ecosystem because you look on your Twitter feed. That's like, true. Hey, it's all people like me. But the reality yeah. is it's a small sub-segment sub of us out there, right? And so mm. I think that, you know, when I talk to people in the franchise space and they talk about selling franchises and stuff, I'm like, man, you have no idea what this whole shadow culture is of, I'm just going to say, younger buyers and entrepreneurs, people in their 20s who are looking mm. at buying a franchise now, buying a business. That wasn't something that typically happened even 20 years ago. But mm. now it's like you you can go to the old garden, you can go to franchising.com or portals and all that stuff, or you can just hop on Twitter, be a fly on the wall. Chances are through you know sharing your information and stuff, you might sell a few franchises and it all happened organically. So I think the game's changing quite a bit. Yeah, I'm seeing absolutely. I'm seeing, yeah, and I and I. By the way, I think it's awesome. I think it's so mm. cool, so cool, because the world's changing fast. And yeah, and yeah. it's like disrupting. Yeah, I don't want to call it disrupting the whole franchise industry, but like yeah. the traditional way, there's the gatekeepers. Yeah, right. Totally. That no longer needs to be the case. You could just right. circumvent the gatekeepers by sharing your story. The reality is you're going to get better prospects from that. Plus, guess what? You're not paying 30 grand to a broker. You keep all of that money too. <laughs> yeah. Keep that money and then you can reinvest it back in your in your system. So I do want to talk yeah. about your system. I want to talk about your tech. You know, have you have you guys got to the point where you have your own tech or are you able to utilize existing technology to, to be able to, to help your franchisees run their businesses? Or is it a combination of both? We utilize most of the existing technologies and then kind of retrofit cool. it for our needs. Nice. We're not a software company, nor do I care to be a software company, but we <laughs> use a lot of different tech pieces. Um, yeah. One of the things franchises get really confused at when they get on board is we have them sign up for a bunch of stuff and they're like, I don't know how to use all this stuff. Right. We're kind of like, hey, most of the stuff you will never need to use. You just sign up, tell us a login, we'll do it. Yeah. But we use a lot like of different Zapier, software example, systems. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we use a lot of different software systems which just talk to each other. Cool. And that's kind of how we do it. So we don't, the only thing we've like kind of developed would be our CRM. Mm -hmm. but that's built on, uh, you know, high level, oh, high yeah. level. Yeah, everybody's customizing yeah. So we just, that. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we just customized that, made it our own. And that's the only thing that we have, which is kind of more of our own. No, I think that's, honestly, man, I always tell people uh, as they're looking at, you know, as they're considering franchising, I'm like, if you can get off the shelf stuff and stay out of the software development business, do that as long as possible. You know, a, a group I worked with for eight years, I was their chief marketing officer. You know, we used off the shelf technology for a while and then we started building and, you know, I've been gone for almost a decade and they're their cost to support that custom owned software, you know, just, I mean, it takes a whole team, right? Once you decide that you're going to build software, you're signing up basically in perpetuity to support that software. You're going to have to have resources. You're the guy who sponsors the bugs. You're the person yeah. who worries when AWS goes down, shift that responsibility to somebody else. If you can, you don't always need software, your own software for competitive advantage. You can structure it in a way that it's yours and it's your intellectual processes that are pushing through that software. And so I think that that's the smartest way you can possibly go, man. hundred <laughs> percent. Like as so many people I've talked to in the software game say, it's way harder than you think. It costs oh, yeah. more than you think. It's going to be like three or four times the cost of what you think it is. And it's really, really hard to get it right. And it's kind of like, I don't think I really, I yeah. don't think I need to do this. Nah. Right. You really don't. Yeah. I mean, the guys over at high level, you know, I, I, I was with them right after they closed like that 40 or $50 million round. I'm like, you know, 
you guys go do that. You figure out how to incorporate that money into the platform. You squash the bugs and we'll just benefit from the beautiful baby that you created that we can then, you know, dress ourselves and make it, you know, teach it, teach what we want it to do. Right. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think let's talk about high level. Let's talk about high level. Like seriously, a lot of people, it's first time it's come up on, on this show. Uh, high level for for people who don't know what it is. Imagine if HubSpot or Salesforce.com started creating a piece of software with their customers, not in a vacuum. Like they they created it in a Facebook group with their customers, listened to them, and then allowed them to private label it, and in some cases resell it. A lot of people are doing that. But what it, the way I describe it is, it's a digital kit of Legos. It's literally a kit of tools mm. that can make business easier and you know i've put it into franchise systems i put it into my marketing business i put it into local businesses and if you're somebody who is thinking about hey how do i solve business problems and things like that go check out uh, their, their url is gohighlevel.com but for me in my perspective being a lifetime marketer i think it's one of the core pieces of technology that's come out in the past 20 years what do you think neil so far we love it and honestly a big part is cost. We were using an active campaign before mm-hmm. and it was before it's decently cheap and they just raised their prices where for each franchise and they said they start nickel and diming on everything. everything. Oh my god. And like it's every like every little uh, feature I'm like, oh that's twenty bucks more a month. I'm like, dude, come on, man. <laughs> what I really don't like about most CRMs they like, oh, based off of number of users, we're gonna raise your prices. It costs them nothing. It doesn't make any sense. So they yeah. pretty much they raised it where it would cost franchisees like 150 bucks per month for a brand new franchise. Mm-hmm. So we thought, you know, this is stupid. Let's go look at else, what else exists. And go high level, way cheaper. We're just rolling it into our tech piece of so franchisee don't have to yeah. pay for anything. Yeah. And it's it's a lot more customizable. So honestly, like we've done a lot of work in Active Campaign. All we did is move it over. It's way cheaper, way more customizable. Mm-hmm. The features we have, for example, and we're a home service business, right? Yep. It has automatically, you could send customers Google reviews. We could have a dashboard to track what leads there are that that franchisees need to work on, and each of them get their own dashboard. So we could say, hey, you quoted this customer. Next step is to contact them and automatically send them a text, voicemail bomb, whatever you want. Yep. So it's just really cool features. And the thing is, you don't need to make it that complicated. Just mm-hmm. do the bare minimum stuff and grow from there, and it makes it very easy to duplicate. Yeah. One thing I'll say is like, no CRM is perfect. No. Same as high level. So there's a lot of stuff where oh, this is pretty annoying. However, so far from what we found, it, it's been a game changer compared to a lot of, especially like a lot of franchise vendors and people yeah. try to sell you. Like it's crazy. The franchise world, how much the vendors just try to gouge you. I know. And go high level is a lot better in my opinion. Yeah. And, you know, I think the thing that for that's remarkable for me is just seeing how these guys meaning the guys who found out high level and the management team, how mm-hmm. they're building the product literally with their customers. If you can mm-hmm. show me a, a Facebook group where the founder of HubSpot is in there taking requests and daily updating his customers on new features and listening to them, I, I, I don't think that's actually happening with any other, probably most software companies of size. So for me, I thought it was, a, I thought it was just a masterclass on how to build a product with your customers. Like, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and it kind of circles back to even when we're talking about franchising of just me posting on social media, building in public. Mm-hmm. Like, I do feel like that is untapped in the franchise world. Yeah. I'm trying to do, I know a few other franchisors posting stuff of, hey, I just released this thing for our franchises, or this is what I'm struggling with, and just posting everything online. 
then you realize people kind of want to contribute as well. And people get interested and people might even buy the franchise, right? So I think building in public in general, whatever you're doing is becoming an increasingly uh, fantastic tool. Yeah, and you do a you do a great job of it. I mean, there's a couple times I've been, you know, I only, I only read Twitter when I'm like laying in bed. That's my news. Like if I pick it up yeah. during the day, I'm done. So it's it's a it's a guilty pressure at night, and I don't follow a lot of people, but I do follow you, and I love some of your long threads on just you know value bombs that you will drop. So good job building it in public. It's it's really cool to watch it too. Like I enjoy it. Oh, enjoy appreciate it, it, man. Yeah, I definitely got to get more active on LinkedIn too. So I'll be coming next. Tough. LinkedIn. LinkedIn's what happens when Microsoft buys a social network. It just doesn't go that well. <laughs> how how you doing, Skype? Anybody heard from Skype recently? Oh, what was Skype? What is exactly, Skype? Exactly. Exactly. No clue. Exactly. Please don't buy any more companies, Microsoft. That's why yes. I was a little bit afraid that they invested so much in Open AI, right? Oh, oh my gosh, yeah. guys! Don't mess us up! Don't mess it up! Let's talk about your team. You have definitely grasped the whole globalization and the global economy because you said you've got team members on how many or how many countries or continents? Eight countries. Dude, that's awesome. Right now, just for my <laughs> LA business, not even for franchising. Yeah. Really? That's awesome. Yep. And, and all of our franchisees as well, we place remote team members for them around the world. Okay. How do yeah. you how do you guys go about when it comes to you know, I'm sitting here thinking of my market, Kansas City, where I, I passed a digital billboard on the way to the office today that made me like realize how hard it is to find people that want to do trade type of work. So we had a manufacturing mm. facility. I can't remember what it was, but it was like 80K a year to come, you know, work on the line uh, at this chemical place, which is a lot. Of, that's a, That's a lot. $80,000 yeah. is a lot of money. Like a lot of people coming right out of college are not making $80,000 a year. Um, you guys have any trouble finding people who want to clean these places? So basically your franchisees or how have you guys cracked that nut when we're working in a world where labor is something that is a little bit more challenging than historically it has been? Yeah, honestly, that is by far the hardest part about this business model. And I've been doing this for 10 years. It's never not been the hardest part. Yeah, I don't think it's like a current day and age thing. I think it's just people, home services, blue collar labor, you know, blue collar labor in general, they think different than you and I. Mm -hmm. There's just different troubles they have to go through. Yep. You know, someone's car might break down. Someone has a family issue. There's things that happen which result in call outs. In our business, the product is the cleaners. Mm -hmm. So it's, we have a pretty good recruiting funnel, okay. uh, meaning what we teach franchisees, we call it a five-step recruiting process where we actually teach them do this, this, this. Here's the KPIs to track to see if they're, you're actually on track with it. Regardless, it's freaking hard. Is it? Is <laughs> it's just really, really like hard. A, I yeah. just hit on the number one thing that probably is the hardest thing with your business. Oh, 100%. And, and, and I think it's just like any home service businesses, yeah. any franchises, and anyone anyone who's listened to this who has a service-based business, it is the hardest part. Honestly, getting customers is not the hardest part. People always need cleaning. Things get dirty all the time. That part's not too hard. Mm -hmm. Just finding cleaners, reliable cleaners, keeping them happy. It's a grind. Is it's it? a grind. Yeah. Totally doable. There's enough yeah. people out there. It's yeah. not like a, a licensed trade or anything, but it's just a grind. Yeah. And I guess that probably is a good thing too. And the fact that it's not a licensed trade, if you were in plumbing, electrical or whatever, which, you know, I have buddies who own those types of companies. They're like, well, the pool's even narrower, you know? And then furthermore, uh, exactly. they have other issues and they may, 
they may have to contemplate. So, man, that's awesome. Hey, yeah, people people always is probably the most challenging part of business. Right. Just getting people that believe in your mission, want to show up, fly the flag of your brand, whatever it is. I don't care what type, I don't care if you're owning a bakery uh, marketing company, whatever it is. People are people and people, everybody's individual and keeping everybody happy is always a challenge. So, Absolutely. This is cool, man. I, I love the fact that you're creating something that is for that freedom fighter, that person who, and it, it doesn't have to be the person who buys your franchise, but something that's right. out there for that person. You know, I think about when my kids get older, it's like, hey, if they want to get into their first business and, 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 you know, maybe they're working or going to school or something, right? Having the opportunity to invest in a franchise that they could operate from their dorm room. Like to me sounds really cool. As long as you don't, as long as you yeah. keep your grades up, kid. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe just skip college and go straight to biz ownership. That's 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 the kind of path I feel like hopefully is the future. It's interesting. Like we're with. we're getting we're getting younger and younger people, which is cool because they got a lot of hustle. Like yeah. we had a couple of sets of guys who are in banking, investment banking. They're like, Hey, we want to use our last year of college before we go into banking to build something on our senior year. And I could just tell these dudes are just hustlers, right? Yeah. Just just really, they, they've got that fire. So we awarded a franchise to one set of, one set of you I'll call, call them kids, but like, you know, yeah, we did. Cause I'm like, I Dude, trust that's them. Awesome. Yeah, I, I love that. And there's, there's, they referred someone else. Then there's another set. And I'm just like, what an interesting little niche, but I get it. And it makes so much sense. Like I was not like that in college, right? Yeah. It was senior year. I didn't know what I was doing, but like yeah. these guys are way ahead of me or I was back then. So it's kind of cool. It's just like a very different type of person yeah it reminds me of and i can't remember what franchise it was it might have been man i know I, I had the founder on the on the podcast but he was talking to he was talking about one of his ideal franchisees might have been one of our coding it was either one of our coding schools or it was uh, xp league one of the two and the kid was oh i think it was xp league that's what it was so it was esports mm. uh, okay yeah and and dad <laughs> dad Dad looked at this kid who had this uh, passion for gaming and was really into it and all these things and basically said, you know, we got a bunch of money set aside for your education, but you can use it to buy a business if you'd like, as long as it's this business and I'll help you, or you can use it on your education. He bought the business. And I'm like, wow. I hope my kids take their 529 and buy a business. <laughs> I really do. I really do. That would like be... Oh, win, win, I win. know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the type of world we're living in now. And I think it's super cool. And I think that there's rock. I think it's cool that there's rock stars like you that are out there taking action and then giving people an opportunity to go create the lives that they want. And so with that, we're, we're coming up on our time. But is there a place where people can go learn more about you, your biz? What's the best place to uh, link up? Yeah, for me personally, Twitter. Neil B. Parek is my Twitter handle or X, whatever you want to call it nowadays. LinkedIn, same as well. Those are probably the two platforms I'm most active on. Or of course, our website made this franchise, M-A-I-D-T-H-I-S-Franchise.com. Cool. And for those of you that are driving down the road right now, don't worry. It's in the show notes. Just click on down. Neil, thanks again for joining us. Really enjoyed the conversation a lot. Perfect. Absolutely. And Kevin, I actually totally forgot to plug it, but I do have a podcast as well called the Remote Local Podcast. Feel free to catch me on that remote local podcast in any of the different platforms. Awesome. We'll make sure that we put that cool. in the show notes as well for those of those people who are looking for that type of business that gives you the freedom. And that's ultimately what a lot of us get into business ownership to pursue. Cool. Until next time, I'm your host, Kevin Oldham, and I just have two asks. Uh, number one, I know that 
this episode resonated with some folks. And so I'd love it if you were to text this episode to one person who may find value in Neil's story. And number two, I just love if you smash that subscribe button. Until next time, I hope you have a phenomenal week and be well. Yeah.